Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Bedrock City Presents Uncanny Universe Podcast. And on this week's episode, we are talking about A Haunting in Venice, the new Kenneth Branagh, uh, Hercule Poirot film that uh, half of this podcast saw. But uh, we're going to go ahead and get this thing going. Hey, everyone, this is Dylan. And I'm Michael. That's right. Uh, I was unable to see it this week. So we've done this before where um, 50% of us saw the sh- saw it and then the other one didn't. And we're going to we're going to review it in a, in a different kind of way. So, yeah, but before we get to the review, which will probably have spoilers in it, I'm sure um, we won't spoil anything until we get to the news. So, Dylan, what you got? All right. So we have a a new trailer from our friends at DC, Warner Brothers, AT&T, whatever. Um, hmm. Aquaman 2. Um, can't remember what it's titled. Um, uh, something Lord of the Kingdom or something like that. Something Kingdom, right? Lost Seas. And the Lost Kingdom. Kingdom. Aquaman in the Lost Kingdom. Yeah, 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 that one. You can tell we're prepared. Um, I'll, I have a synopsis for you because the uh, do we have before to? we get into the trailer too much, I feel like it did it. It maybe didn't give too much of what the plot is. It's a lot of like CGI action shots, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's not a typical first trailer. I will say that. So no, it's it it's not. It's final. It's giving final trailer energy. Um, yeah, but the plot is uh, having failed to defeat Aquaman. This plot is about Black Manta. It's weird. Uh, Having failed to defeat Aquaman the first time, Black Manta, still driven by the need to avenge his father's death, will stop at nothing to take Aquaman down once and for all. This time, Black Manta is more formidable than ever before, wielding the power of the mythic Black Trident, which unleashes an ancient and a malevolent force. To defeat him, Aquaman must turn to his uh, imprisoned brother Orm, blah, 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 blah. So Aquaman and Ocean Master are teaming up against a powered-up Black Manta. Okay. Who I think is trying to kill Aquaman's baby. I'm not sure. The trailer reveals that Aquaman and, and Mera have had uh, a child. And um, we get one shot of Mera, of, of Amber Heard in this uh-huh. trailer. Yeah, she's not given, Which is weird given, given that she's the female lead. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I think they're just obscuring her for marketing for publicity reasons. I mean, that, that makes sense. It's sort yeah. of like, um, what's his name from the gang... Kang, uh, Jonathan Majors, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so they're doing some clever, you know, obscuring there. And then uh, we've got some Nicole Kidman in the yeah. trailer, too, as uh, Aquaman's mom, Atlanta. What's her name? Atlant- <laughs> Atlanta, I think. I can't remember. Atlanta. You know, something like Atlantis. Right. Um, Atlantia. Okay. That's enough for me. <laughs> what do um, you think of it, Dylan, Michael? Dylan, it. I know I'm going to sound like a hater and I know I have you that... never look. It looks bad. All right. Like what I saw looks bad. I'm not saying the fi- the final uh, final film is going to be bad or whatever, but the, the trailer is not exciting. It is a lot of bad CGI and it looks like a, a lot of the scenes have Jason Momoa's head pasted onto that body onto that, you know, Aquaman underwater body. It looks like, uh, I I I was bored. I really uh, want to pretend to love it to make you seem like a hater. Uh but I can't unfortunately. <laughs> I I pretty much agree. I think it looks like like a CGI mess, you know, and uh not anything there was no like compelling story to anchor it or yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it has going for it really. I know the a lot of people enjoyed the first Aquaman and it had its moments, but 
this seems like way less grounded, which I know is crazy because Aquaman one was already not grounded, really, you know. But it had right. like the familiar prince, lost prince kind of storyline, you yeah. know. Yeah. I so yeah, like we don't know what the story primarily is. There's just a lot of one liners. Black Manta has I the black what's it called? The yeah. black trident. What is that? It unleashes an ancient and malevolent force. Oh, okay. We've been over that. Bad guy, <laughs> bad guy with a bad gizmo, whatever. But we don't get that from the trailer, though. You know what I'm saying? True. It's like the trailer. But I think, it I think you know the plot. I think you just want more plot. I think you you have a very good understanding of what the movie is. I think you're you're probably correct. I think, yeah. If it were not for this podcast, I would not be seeing this movie. I will not be feel, fielding any more questions. No, we're hyped about it. It comes out uh, December 20th. I am hyped to watch it, though. Yeah. Uh, so do we do 40X with the water? Uh, yeah, sure. We... I, I'll I'll do 40X on this one. If, if they're going to splash me, I'll go see it. <laughs> cool. Um, okay, we got another DC trailer. Okay. This one makes uh, less sense. Um, it is a Harley Quinn spinoff, our Harley Quinn animated series on, on Max, on HBO. It says it will follow the events of both Kite Man and his newly coupled girlfriend, Lisa Snart, a.k.a. Golden Glider, crossing the thresholds uh, of what it takes to become super, a supervillain. Um, so it's a little animated yeah. series based on Kite Man. It's called Kite Man Hell Yeah. It it looks funny. It looks fun. It, yeah. It, it it looked a little tiresome, but it looks like it's going to run the jokes into the ground a little bit, but it looks fine. Yeah. I don't know what to say about it because it looks like it's clearly like made by all the Harley Quinn show people. Oh, yeah, clearly. But like who, like business wise, who decided this was something that needed to be made, you know? Yeah, really. Like, I don't know where that decision came from because it, I mean, it's Kite Man. Is he already in the Harley Quinn thing? Yeah, he's a character. Okay, in okay, that's yeah. fine. But is Harley Quinn doing well enough to necessitate spinoffs? I don't know. I know it just I have, guess like, so. season four wrapping up, but. But also, the, I don't think they, I don't trust them to make good decisions. So maybe it's not. But it's just interesting when there's no like Batman cartoon or like Justice League or Teen Titans or like Wonder Woman, you know? Yeah. None of the cartoons I grew up with. I know it's like get off my lawn a little bit, but like the big characters aren't, there's no Batman cartoon. That's crazy to me, you know? I don't know. That is but weird. There's a Kite Man cartoon. Yeah, there's no Batman cartoon, but there's a Kite Man. I don't know, man. That is weird. Um, the trailer's cute though. It's definitely not for kids though. Not cute. <laughs> That's funny. I mean, it's That's cute. a read, Michael, and, and you know it. <laughs> look, it look cute. I mean, that's that's mm. a nice, that's a respectful way of saying it. it looks funny, but I'm not gonna watch it. Yeah. All right. Well, here's something else you may not watch. <laughs> Probably okay. won't watch. Um, we reviewed Werewolf by Night last year, right? It came out we Halloween did. time. Yeah. So a couple bit of news for that. The Disney Plus and Hulu are doing like big Halloween events where they're putting a bunch of stuff out. The original version of Werewolf by Night, the one we reviewed, is going to be added to Hulu. I think it's on Hulu now or next week or something like that. And it's going to stay there through October 31st, so Halloween. So if okay. you don't have Disney Plus, you can still go watch it there. I think we both recommended it. We had a good yeah, time with it. Yeah, it was good. I really enjoyed it. But they agreed. But they announced that they're um, going to be streaming a full color version of it. On October twentieth, why? Um, it says just in time for spooky season. 
that's yeah i agree that's my reaction i'm like not mad about it but i don't see the reason that was like the charm of it i think yeah did it like not perform well enough so like okay well here it is in color or is it are they adding new content i think it's just the same thing but in color huh which apparently they're like i think we talked about it before there was back and forth between feige and the right director or whatever feige well, wanted it to be in color so, so it seems like it's how happening. was do we know if it was shot intended to be in black and white it was not if i remember it correctly. was not okay i think they made it black and white okay because like there's a way i learned a lot about this with uh the mist uh the the stephen king adaptation by frank darabont which was shot to be in black and white so like the way they color grade the film they shoot it in color obviously but they digitally process it to black and white it it is not as simple as your instagram filter to make it mm-hmm. black and white it is a process so they have to shoot it in a specific way with the intention of things being black and white but the studio ended up not wanting it to be released theatrically in black and white so that's why the movie looked so poor theatrically uh when yeah. you, if you saw the miss in theaters it looked really really bad um and then it looked tremendous on the home video release when it was able to be released in black and white. So, but if this was shot to be in color and then they changed it later to black and white, I guess you're not going to lose, you're not going to lose too much. It still just yeah. doesn't seem, I don't see the point. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I think the black and white is better when it's land. Like you said, like I, right. I learned about it too, from a uh, Roma, that Alfonso yeah. Cuaron movie when there was a behind the scenes of how they shot in color and there would be like someone would have like a crazy yellow tie or something like that. Cause it would just look better. It would translate better. Like the contrast would right. be, you know, like you have to have some of the really color version doing. didn't look good. Yeah. Right. Um, it's like, right. It's like, it. that's, yeah, it's very interesting. Um, they did that way back in the day when you could, when you were shooting on black and white, they had to dress their actors in clothes that would look terrible yeah just because it would pop right exactly because it would pop in black and white so yeah well this is marvel uh, we know they didn't do that yeah i don't know it would be cooler actually if it was in black and white and they did that like digital recoloring that like vintage like fake recoloring that could could be cool that yeah but they're not doing that okay see that would be that's a great idea actually like to release it like a 70s grindhouse style like watching a colorized 1960s film or 70s film or something that, that, that is cool. a good idea yeah. uh too bad they're not doing that yeah that's too much money i mean but if you haven't seen it it is worth watching yeah and maybe the color will be good who knows we'll i mean i'm sure it won't be bad it's just i don't it just seems like why true agreed um but you know will we, what will be bad michael uh right <laughs> i see your next article too. yes uh, this is the James Gunn produced Ugh. movie that came out a few years ago. It made $33 million on a $6 million budget, so it did moderately well. And now Deadline is reporting that the producers or the uh, production studios H Collective and H3 Entertainment are planning to make a sequel. Um, according to the production company, they said they intend to incorporate new technology into the production process of projects it has in development, including a a sequel to horror movie Brightburn, and they're going to use AI in some way to. What does that mean? To, to make it, I don't know what that means either. Like effects or story. <laughs> yeah, maybe script. they should have AI write it. Be better. I mean, that would it could they can only go up, right? However, yeah. in in these trying times, 
of the SAG SAG after strike. Maybe they shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, that's not the thing to say. And also, just in general, I feel like the the AI phrase gets tacked onto things that aren't actually AI all the time now. It's like I think you just mean predictive text, or you know what I mean, like all these that apps are saying, we have AI now. But so I wonder what they mean by that. That's so weird. I was looking up the humans that wrote the first one, uh-huh. and it was written by. Do Do you have any guesses? The first like Brightburn. I have no idea, yeah. dude. Okay, well, it was produced by James Gunn. So, so it was, was it written, Sean Gunn? It was written by Brian Gunn and Mark Gunn. Okay, uh, his, got it. His, his cousin and his other brother. Bro, come on. Um, so I'm saying maybe, you know, maybe we, you know, degun it a little bit. It could be good. We'll see. Yeah, so maybe the AI will help it, actually. Yeah, just put it into chat CBT and do like punch up the script. Just write that as just the prompt. Punch it up. Yeah, see what happens. I, bet, I mean, I bet the, I bet Chat ChatGPT can do that. Sure. Um. Okay. Last one. We got a trailer for. I normally don't cover video game news, mm-hmm. but we do cover Pandora, the Pandora Cinematic Universe. We do. Um. And there's a Avatar game coming out. Um. Yeah, I saw that. Frontiers of Pandora. It's going out for PS5, Xbox Series X, and PC. Um. Right. And it it says you play as a child of two worlds. Born Navi, but raised by the RDA. Fifteen years later, you're free, but find yourself a stranger and in your birthplace. The game will offer players a choice to chance to reconnect with their heritage, discover what it truly means to be a Navi, and join other clans to protect Pandora from the RDA. So it's kind of like what we've seen before. I feel like from Avatar. Uh huh. But the I think the draw of the game is the visuals and absolutely mechanics. I th- so I since I saw the first Avatar, I thought this was destined to be a uh, a game like this, an open world game. And this trailer is super exciting, I think. If you if you at least kind of like Avatar, I think this should push all your buttons and go, ooh, that looks really neat. Will it play well? I have no idea. I don't know who's making it, but yeah, it looks cool. And I don't love James Cameron and I don't love Avatar, but I like Avatar, you know? It's made by Ubisoft. I don't know if that's is a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know. I don't, I'm so out of it with game yeah. developers. But what did you think? Did you think it looked fun or like a I neat... thought the I don't know, I thought the visuals were cool. I thought it might be a cool thing to watch the story mode on YouTube, but I have it seems like one of the it's one of those ones I feel like where you should definitely wait for reviews because it could be like movie tie-in game bad, you know, like it really could be. You just low effort know. into the gameplay, just trying to replicate the Pandora thing. Yeah, it's hard to say because, like, does does the does the Jim Cameron attention to detail extend down into video game? Like, I don't like Jim Jim Cameron, but like, he's not going to release a movie that looks bad or is you know just abysmal you know well does that i think they're just replicating it so like yes yeah right i'm 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 cautiously optimistic yeah my if i looked at my crystal ball i would say neither of us are going to play this uh definitely not if it's on game pass i'll check it out but other than that (laughs) uh not going to happen realistically yeah, and I don't think I would pay 
70 bucks for it or whatever so yeah but absolutely not there's a universe where it gets like rave reviews and everyone's like you have to play avatar where i would so you never know Maybe. and when's it coming out December. time okay oh December. okay this this december this december yeah. hey all right it's not one of those in development things yeah. okay cool well we won't have to wait long to find out if it's any good or not that's True. cool but that's all i got for news all right well let's hear about that live sale I bet you didn't know that we host a weekly live streaming comic sale. Dust off your old Facebook account or borrow your grandma's login. Join us every Wednesday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Central. Bedrock City is the only verified blue check comic store on Facebook, meaning we're better than everyone else. It also means that we're trusted to bring you brand new quality key issues, comic bundles, variants, and more every week at super affordable prices. Even if you've already spent all your money on Fortnite skins like me, you can still join just to hang out and chat comics with Kevin Austin and me. For all the details not covered here, or if your auditory processing disorder didn't allow you to comprehend anything I just said, head over to bedrockcity.com live to read all the details. Hashtag ad. And we are back. And before we get to my news, we're going to do our picks of the week. I'm going first. I'm picking a game. And... Spoilers, it is actually only available at the Clear Lake location, but I'm super excited about it. So this is a game called Weird Heroes of Public Access. It is not brand new, but we are the first brick and mortar store to actually have it in stock. So um, it's a zine based RPG. So it's very short. You play as people in a small hosts, if you will. You play as hosts of public access television in the town of Fairhaven of like goofy you know bob's kung fu hour or whatever show you want your host to host they host it and then the station manager or dm sends you to solve mysteries and stuff throughout the town it's super cool um and is available exclusively in person at bedrock city also from the guy that made it on his website but i'm (laughs) super excited about it so come get it and uh if uh i'm not announcing anything officially but Stay tuned for Halloween gaming announcements, and we're probably going to be playing that in store. So, ooh, okay, yes. What about you? Um, my pick is uh, DC launch Wonder Woman number one. Oh yeah, it's from Tom King and Daniel Sempere. Uh, oh nice, might be butchering, but I, I like his art a lot. He did um, dark copies are going to go stuff. quick. Yeah, maybe too quick. No, but yeah. uh, they're it's flying off the shelves because it's really good. It's one yeah. of those like. Tom King launches to to watch. I think uh, if you haven't read Wonder Woman, it's a really good place to start. That's true. Um, all right. So getting into my news here, I'm gonna start off with a silly one. Um, G Fuel, Dylan, is coming okay. out. It's spooky season. Spooky season. They're coming out with their first horror movie flavor. We got Friday the Thirteenth official. Jason Hack and Slash Energy. Um, is hack and okay. slash fruit punch? Are you a G Fuel okay. fan, Dylan? No, I feel like it's too much for me. Uh, oh, I love it. I, I like this can. It's I'm team. Really cool. I'm team G Fuel. This is going to be apparently available only at GNC or GNC, uh, oh, the, su- the supplement store. So that means I got to. That store always intimidates me. You know, I don't want to go in there. I feel like yeah, I'm going to get like supplement bros that are going to attack you when you. Walk I know in. it's like walking into a Warhammer store. If you've ever done that, like they. <laughs> Man, if you, y'all, anybody that knows, y'all know what I'm talking about. If you walk into a Warhammer store, they bombard you with trying to get you to paint stuff in the store. I'm like, I just wanted to buy a dwarf miniature for my D&D game. Can you leave me alone? 
Um, <laughs> and that's what just the vibe I get of a GNC is like, hey, uh, I got an 80 pound tub of whey protein for half off if you want it. Like, no, bro, I just want my energy drink, caffeine, my, my caffeinated slasher drink. Um, <laughs> it's okay. only 140 milligrams of caffeine, Dylan. So it's not that bad. It's like a monster. No, it's really not. Okay. There's a and there's a little trailer for for an energy drink. So there's that. Um, so look into that if you need a trailer to sell you on an energy drink. But it is available at GNC <laughs> now. Okay. Um, Terrifier Two, Dylan is coming <gasps> back to theaters November first. I'm hype. Are, are, are we go November first? I know. I don't know why. Um, yeah. Does that mean they'll have the early showings on the thirty first? No. What? Uh, well, probably not. They should, okay. but they won't. Because <laughs> it was supposed to be uh, November 8th, I think. And then they moved it up a week. I don't know why. Um, but I'm super excited. Um, I'm, I'm sure tickets are going to go very quickly. It's going to be one of the... There's not going to have a lot of screens, you know, in your theater. So Are tickets out now? Um, they are not, according to okay. this article. But I have not looked, so... I'll go to Clear Lake Fort or wherever. I'll go yes. to your neck of the woods. I'm excited. We'll have to see it. Um, very exciting. Um, another oddball bit of news here. So the original Halloween novelization, which is kind of like this mythic um, collector's item. Um, okay. For like, I have one. It's it's an expensive paperback book. So movie novelizations, they still make them, but they used to be like a pretty big business. Um, and if you don't know what those are, it's a, a hit movie comes out and then there is a novel written from the movie and it's supposed to tell you the same story as the movie, but that that's from an era when home video didn't exist. Right. Yeah. So Halloween goes away in 1970, whatever. Um, and you don't see it again. So you have the book and you can reread it and then maybe Halloween gets re-released in theaters, but that the novelizations used to be a big deal and they get super collectible because they only typically do one print run of movie novelizations. So there's, there's a, there's a big market of collectible movie tie-in books, but anyway, the original novelization written by Curtis Richards um, is actually pretty notorious in the Halloween fandom because it strays a lot from the film. Um, And it creates some, interesting stuff because in later in the Halloween series, they, they, I assume you haven't seen all of them, right? Dylan? No. Okay. In Halloween six, Michael Myers has this tattoo on his wrist and it's a rune called thorn. Uh, And that thorn rune is what's controlling him. And it turns out he's like this, he's being controlled by this like mythic force or this cult or whatever that's in this book. So like, that's crazy to me. Like that is in this book. Uh, and so they, they it, took it from the book for the movie? Uh-huh. For, for Halloween 6. Um, but anyway, so cool. it's been out of print since uh, 1979. But it is coming back in a hardcover edition. Um, 224 pages. Uh, new bunch of new artwork made for it. Looks really cool. I'm very excited. Um, it is available for pre-order from printedinblood.com. So if you are a... <laughs> I, I I've never bought from them before, but I have now. Um, so That's if you cool. are a bit of a Halloween fan, this or no Halloween fan, this might be a really cool uh, holiday present. Highly recommend it. Um, all right, Dylan. Keeping it with weird paranormal <laughs> activity. 
It's getting a, a stage play. We're going to Broadway, Dylan. Oh, okay. I see so, it. So initially, my like first reaction, that sounds really stupid. But then I think about it. Like, you know what? That could be okay. Yeah, that's like, the exact trajectory I had over like three seconds. Right. It's like, uh, what? Oh, you know what? Maybe not. Um, yeah. yeah. So the Hollywood Reporter uh, says that uh, Simon Friend, the veteran producer who brought Life of Pro- Life of Pi to Broadway, has picked up the license to Paramount, the Paramount Horror Series, with the intent of bringing it to the West End via his Simon Friend Entertainment. Um, we don't have a date, but it is currently in the works. Um, okay. If it goes on tour, are we going to go? Oh, I would definitely go. If it comes to Houston, it yeah, won't. No way. One hundred percent, I would. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Um, let's see that. So yeah, that's exciting. Um, then I have a home video release news for you here. Um, I've talked about this movie before. Uh, classic eighties family horror movie called the monster squad. You ever see it, Dylan? No, it's about a bunch of kids who accidentally open up a portal and summon the universal classic monsters, Frankenstein, Wolfman, creature from the back, black lagoon, the mummy, Dracula. I think I've, Heard you talk about it, but okay. I haven't seen it. It's great. It's a great movie. Tons of fun. Anyway, it's coming to 4K from Kino Lorber, who does a lot of great uh, Blu-ray releases. But what's really exciting is that this 4K is coming with the Wolfman's Got Nards documentary, <laughs> which um, is a really awesome and fun documentary about Monster Squad and the legacy and the fandom. And those two have never been packaged together. Um, okay, and I've actually never even seen Wolfman's Got Nards on physical release anyway. I'm sure it has one, but I've never seen it. But that is super exciting. It's coming out in November. Um, this is the time to get it, and it's also a brand new 4K scan from the original camera negative. So this is not an upscale. This is a new, a new transfer. So this is probably the the best this movie will have ever looked, and and probably could ever look because it was shot in like '82 or whatever. Okay, um, I got two more here. Two more, not too much. Um, there was a movie I talked about, boy, I want to say a couple of years ago called Heavy Trip. Um, we never reviewed it. It's a it's a Finnish, it's a Finnish comedy um okay. about black metal, like a black metal band. Um okay. it's kind of like Spinal Tap. It's about uh, a group of guys in a small fin- Finland town uh, who are in a like a black metal band and trying to get to this big festival. It's like a road trip comedy. It's really, really funny. Um, and it's actually super good. I like it a whole lot. There's a vinegar syndrome Blu-ray of it. Um, but anyway, they have just wrapped up a, uh, oh, the, I'm sorry. They, yeah, they have just wrapped up the, the sequel heavier trip and go watch the trailer for heavy trip. Their first one. If you like metal music at all, this is going to be right up your alley. It's very funny. Um, highly recommend it looks great um so i'm very okay. excited about a sequel i will send dylan the, the trailer and watch him not care because he doesn't like metal but i'm sorry <laughs> either way um the last one you know what all of my news is weird this week all of it this week what? yeah this week specifically um weirder than normal um we got an a24 trailer this week for a movie that's a little out of our wheelhouse in that it is it's it's on the it's on the line, right? It's yeah. It's a movie called Dream Scenario, starring Nicolas Cage. I mean, he's wearing a Freddy glove in one of the promo cells, but 
It's in our wheelhouse. We reviewed yeah. it. Everything everywhere all at once. It's kind of like that. That's true. Know? It's a dark comedy. Um, got a trailer that came out today. Uh, movies coming out November 10th um, this year and produced by Ari Aster. There's that for you. Um, and the premise is, quote, a hapless family man, Paul Matthews, Nicholas Cage, finds his life turned upside down when millions of strangers suddenly start seeing him in their dreams. But when his nighttime appearances take a nightmarish turn, Paul is forced to navigate his newfound stardom. It's really this trailer was real good. Like, I don't like Nicholas Cage. I'm not a fan, particularly. I mean, I don't hate Nick Cage or anything. I just he's not the selling point that, for me that he is for other people. Yeah. But I this trailer was very strong. I thought this looked real, real good. It very. I mean, obviously, people are going to say it's like like the Truman Show or something, you know, in that vein. It has a lot of that energy to it. Like the one guy where everyone has this secret information about this guy. I I'm I loved it. What did you think of the trailer, yeah. Dom? I thought it looked super good. I remember hearing about this premise just like long ago, and that sentence doesn't really make me want to see it. You know, I was like, oh, whatever. Like, this one's cool, but right. the trailer, like, I don't know. It just looks super well made, and I like Nick Cage in like wacky roles like this more so, or like bit roles like like Renfield, you know, more so than like the serious action kind of. Oh, I don't like him at movies. all in action movies. I like him in yeah. I like him in movies like Boy, Matchstick Men. He's real good. Um I don't like silly, like really silly Nick Cage. Like the unbearable way to massive talent or whatever. I didn't see that one. I didn't I also didn't see I it. But just mean. like from the yeah. trailer, like I just like I'm not gonna like that. Um Renfield's okay. He's barely in that. Um yeah. but this looks he looks like dialed in. Uh, he's got a a really strong presence in the trailer. Looks very very good. Highly recommend like, checking it yeah. out. I like any trailer or any movie. Not any movie, but I like it a lot when it looks like something I haven't seen before. You know. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. That's it. This looks very unique. Um. Yeah. So very excited. Comes out uh, next month or in two months, and I'm sure we will be talking about it when it comes out. But anyway. Yeah. That's going to do it for my news. Let's hear about all those tabletop events. Now it's time to give you the rundown on all of the awesome upcoming tabletop events for the month of July. All exact dates and formats can be found on our Discord server. Kicking it off with Keyforge. We run two events a month at our Clear Lake location from 7pm till around 9. Keyforge is the perfect game for casual and hardcore card game players. We also love our role-playing games. Once a month at our Clear Lake store, we host an in-store one-shot RPG for players of all skill levels. Players don't need to bring anything. All play materials, dice, pencils, and character sheets will be provided. There is no entry fee. However, we do ask that you make a purchase of any size from the gaming department on the day of the event. Seats are very limited, and sign-ups are only open for about three weeks before the event. And of course, I can't forget about Paint Club. Every month we get together and paint some tabletop RPG miniatures. These events are for painters of all skill levels, including none. These events occur at Arcady and Clear Lake locations. We'll see you at the game tables. And we are back, and we are going to talk about A Haunting in Venice. And I have not seen it, Dylan has. 
Um, but I don't mind spoilers. So this is your warning. Spoilers for Haunting in Venice. And remember, it's a murder mystery to an extent. So you can be spoiled. There are things to ruin. There are plot elements, I'm sure. I haven't seen it, but I've seen the other films in this in this franchise and there's stuff that could be ruined so this is your final warning for spoilers for a haunting in venice All i'll right. leave the final like reveal of who did it okay a mystery but like the rest we'll talk about okay yeah. um so i i did not get a chance to see this movie um but i will talk let's talk about our hype levels um how was your hype for this movie dylan pretty low i didn't even really know it was coming out until <laughs> the day before i kind of like wow. it last minute in our little movie chat i was like oh yeah this and I had a friend who wanted to see it. So um, I was, I mean, I was looking forward to it based on the trailer, but I feel like it just kind of snuck up on me. What about you? Um, Also that um, I thought the trailer was actually not bad, but it, it, the trailer is very uneven for me. The trailer was very, um, cause all of these movies, I forget the, the Orient Express and the Boy, Agatha Christie. This is the third, we should say this is the third one. There was Murder on the Orient Express, um, Death on the Nile, and That's then it. A Haunting of Venice is the third one. It's based on the Agatha Christie book, Halloween Party, but right. they retitled it. So um, so the trailer I thought was very uneven because it, on one hand, it felt like um, a spooky movie. And the other hand, it was a very traditional Agatha Christie murder mystery. And those two don't seem like they mix well, but I do like some, several of the people in this movie. So I was kind of looking forward to it, but I think this could definitely be a home watch without even having seen it. It's like that's, that's actually Lori and I watched the trailer and Lori's like, that looks like it'd be really fun to watch at home. She's right. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't need to be seen on the big screen. (laughs) Okay. So we'll get it right into it, Dylan. So tell me what's the, like the, the general plot of the movie. What's it about? I'll give you I'll give you the 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 copy, the premise here. Yeah, thank you. It says a haunting in Venice is set in an eerie post-World War II Venice on All Hallows Eve, and there's a terrifying mystery featuring the return it's not terrifying of the <laughs> a celebrated sleuth Hercule Hercule Poirot, um, now retired and living uh, a self-imposed exile in the world's most glamorous city, who reluctantly attends a seance of a decaying haunted uh palazzo in a decaying a haunted palazzo and uh one of the guests is murdered that's it um his friend the 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 setup is he he's like i'm out of the game and then his friend played by tina fey i'm not gonna say the character names because i don't remember them right tina fey is like she's a so she's like a agatha christie self-insert in the books of course she appears in different uh in like several of these apparently and she's an author a mystery novelist and she um shows up to uh his uh office and is like you need to come investigate this seance because i neither of them like quote believe in magic or whatever but she's like i can't figure it out how is she doing it this is michelle Yeoh's character right um so i need you to come with me to like solve this mystery of how she's talking to the dead so they go to this party um and kind of sit in on michelle Yeoh's uh seance uh talking to the um this is like she's hired by a woman who wants to speak to her daughter who mysteriously died like the year before or something like that so the mom's like i need to talk to my daughter she hires michelle yo and then michelle yo is killed shortly after at this party whoa i know but the one actress i was like most excited about 
Yeah, uh, really, that sucks. But Michelle, she has like a cool little juicy, like, you know, role, but then she's like very quickly killed. So now there's like an That's extra shame. murder. So we, we're solving two murders here. It's uh, presumed that the same person killed both of them. Sure. Um, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's a whodunit, you know, I don't know what yeah. else to say. Um, okay. So I do, think you, do you feel ahead. like the performances are pretty good? Because I feel like that's what really drives these movies is like, if I don't buy the performances of the leads, so Tina Fey, I guess, and Kenneth Branagh. Yeah, um, they're fine. They're exactly okay. what you think they're going to be. They're, okay. he's, he's delivering what he delivered in the last two movies. And Tina Fey was the one that took me a second because I'm used to her being funny. Um, she's, she's a little not. bit like she's a little bit comedic relief in this, but like very muted and with a lot sure. of dramatic scenes, you know, so not like to the extent that we normally see her. Um, but I thought she was good. Uh, Jamie Dornan was good as well. He wasn't in too much of it. There's a lot less famous people in this one than the previous two. I think they're having like diminishing returns a little bit. Mm. Uh, so like the cast. Plus they got burned by the last one because it had like Army Hammer, Letitia Wright, Gal Gadot, like a bunch of like controversial actors. So they, um, right. I don't know. We got some safe ones here. Uh, but to answer your question, it was fine. The acting, the performances were okay. Um, wow. That's kind of going to be my thesis theme. for everything about this this okay. movie is that it's like serviceable. My, it, that's, I, I wrote mild here on my notes. That is that is what the trailer gives. The trailer gives is all right. Yeah. The trailer They're, gives, I can watch it on TV, fold some laundry, uh, have a good time. Yeah. But I feel like the trailer wants you to think it's scarier than it is. I feel like the trailer wants Absolutely. you to think it's a horror movie. It, it, that, right. So that's what I was saying is like, it's, it, there's bits in that trailer that it's cut like, is this scary? Yeah. It's like, um, it's not, doesn't, I doubt it. <laughs> yeah. It there's a couple of those, but like not in any way that would phase anyone. I think you know, even a kid sure. would be, I think, fine with it. It has more like spooky gothic vibes, you know. Of course. Um, the best thing I could say about the movie is are the visuals. It's like it's it's got that like Kenneth Branagh like lavishly shot like for better or worse. Like every angle is like of someone's forehead. Um, <laughs> yes, or like you know, off to the side, like d- I know, a lot of Dutch I know angles. exactly what you mean. Yeah, so he it's like an interesting. Angle. It's an interesting thing to look at. Um, it's all in one location. It's pretty much all in this house, so it seems pretty cheap actually. Um, hmm. But it's got like it has good like spooky gothic vibes. I will say that it's a good Halloween Halloween watch. You know. Okay. Um. So, man, I'm trying to think if there's anything else like was was the reveal satisfying because I, I so i think the movies don't feel satisfying to me and that's always been my problem with agatha christie things is that it's i think you know, i'm supposed to be all about the reveal and not the journey but the reveal always falls flat for me well let me ask you when you watch these or if you watch a whodunit are you trying to figure it out with the movie or are you just like letting it wash over you and just generally let letting happens? it wash over me because i find like they generally obfuscate it so well that or or like they're it's like oh this guy was wearing yellow shoes uh because of the flowers that his mom had in his garden and that's how he, he knew that you know or it's something like flowers in the garden reveal in this stop Michael. 
There is. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's it's always something like that. It's always something like that you never would pick up on. Um, yeah. At, at least to me, it's like, oh well, because of the way you tied your 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 wristwatch, <laughs> I know that you're the killer. Like, okay. Yeah. I could never have. Okay, just tell me then. Yeah, and I think that it's different than novels. I, I hate that. I hate that too. Um, or like. like because the premise feels like I'm supposed to be figuring it out along with you, but I feel like I can't. Like I feel like I I'm too stupid to to figure it out. You know. Yeah, and the worst is when they surprise drop a bunch of information about them at the end after the reveal. You know. Right. Like, and she had a sister that you know, like something crazy. Like um, this is not <laughs> okay. This has an element to it. Um, he's seeing like supernatural things throughout the movie. Several okay. people are like ghosts, dead people. Right. Um, but it turns out that I think it's, I thought it was obvious. Maybe it's not, but I know these movies don't like magic isn't real in these movies, but I knew there had to be something. And they kept like talking about this honey that people were eating. It was mm-hmm. like, clearly they're being like poisoned or something with the honey. And it turned out someone was from their garden on the roof, making poison honey. And, you know, uh. so there was that, that was like pretty, um, obvious to me but i'm i watch them the same way you do where i don't try and figure it out i think it's more entertaining that way um right because like with the bad ones it's easy to figure out and i don't want to i don't want to know just let me experience it like the characters are but the i don't think it was satisfying at all at the end it was like okay. this person because of this and I'm like, oh, okay so it's like scooby-doo like because oh, they were all right that just means yeah. the movie's over now okay exactly yeah and, the re- yeah the reveal just feels like an extension of the credits. It's like, oh, exactly. Right. Not not exciting. Just the signaling the end. Got it. Is it bad? Is it like blasphemous to say? Because I'm not talking about the book, so I feel like it's not that blasphemous. But I feel like the Ryan Johnson movies are much better than the. I Agatha completely agree with you. The well, mysteries I mean, are so much well, more well, engaging so, to me. So with the movies, of course, um, I agree with you, and also the TV shows like the old Poirot TV show. It's very enjoyable because the performance of Poirot is so enjoyable and, you know, he's a little character and you like him, but this is too slick to be like enjoyed from enjoyed from like a cozy standpoint. Like, cause it, Agatha Christie spawned, you know, the, the whole cozy mystery genre, right. Yeah. Of people, mm-hmm. of, a cat who works in a bookstore and helps you solve the 15 murders that happen every month in this town, you know, and I don't know, man, I don't think it's blasphemous. Um, cause, cause they're different. Like you're not comparing, um, what's his name? Knives out to Agatha Christie's novels. You're comparing it to these Kenneth Branagh movies. Um, and that's, that's a fair comparison because I think that knives out is a superior whodunit. And those are the only two whodunits franchises right now so like, yeah i mean it's easy to compare. i think it's one of the best all-time whodunits the first one it's very good yeah i don't i, I do really love that one i love glass onion too though i don't know yeah. they're both really good but well yeah sure but um i will say i was with at the artist screening with someone with someone who read the books and it's like a oh. big fan um and he said that the movie was so wildly different that like truly only the names were the same like nothing interesting no, the the motivations, the, the the characters' relationships to each other, like this is their sister now, not their you know, like 
everything was changed, which is I, I also that's that is interesting. I don't I don't love Agatha Christie's novels either. I mean, they're, they're foundational. They're very important in the mystery genre, but I just it's not it's not for me. But if you're going to change it, I feel like you ha- it should be like a vast improvement, you know? Right. I and agree. I didn't read the book, but I'm willing to bet that it's not because this isn't this wasn't great. The mystery. Right. Did, so, so did did your did your friend enjoy it? He thought it was fine. Okay. We all thought <laughs> we all walked away like okay, like okay, I saw it. So it it would be much better folding laundry. Okay. So we normally rate movies uh on the letterbox scale, which is zero point five to five. What you got, Dylan? I gave it a three. That you know, the average score is three point one on Letterboxd. I did get some likes from strangers on my review. I'm did very you? proud of myself. I got like eight likes or something. Six wow. likes, I don't know. I got Look a few, but I put she's Michelle Yo, Yo he's just Kenneth. <laughs> Pretty proud of myself. That's good. Um C- yeah, consider that nine be- likes, Dylan. I I oh, there we go. I, I stand by that because she was the most interesting character and he was he was Kenneth. I get that. I get that. Well, I think I will wait until I see it at home. You said um, I, I would recommend it. I would recommend it at home if it's free streaming somewhere. Not, of course, not a premium. Not the, Absolutely not. The not. Premium. Yeah. Absolutely mm-hmm. not. But uh, that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you all so much for downloading us. We really appreciate all the support. Bye, everyone. This is Dylan. And I'm Michael. We'll see you next time. Thanks for sticking around for the mid-credits. We can tell you've been trained well. If you want to help us out, please go over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. It'll really help new people find the show, and it will help us to get Rotten Tomatoes verified so we can start affecting those rankings. Then, check out our socials. We're BRC Uncanny on Twitter, Uncanny Universe on Facebook and Instagram. We'll see you online.